Welcome to Hardwood History, 199's weekly podcast where we break down the week in basketball culture, focusing on college stories but bouncing all around. Let's get started. We're going to dive right into the top 25 talk. We got an exciting episode. Got a special guest this evening in Ian Stonebrook, who is at Curry's record-setting game. Uh, So we're going to use that for part of our NBA segment. We've got Shoebridge checking in uh, at the new year with some of the the sports betting uh, information really crazy with all the COVID stuff going on. So I'll be interested to hear his take on all that. I want to start out with uh, talking about Baylor and USC's perfect season ending. And there should be an alert for all IU fans. I think when uh, the last undefeated go down and IU retains that 1976 record for the last undefeated season. But along with that, uh, USC has been, I think the story of the season is the team I want to most focus on because they lost Evan Mobley, who, by the way, has been amazing, uh, as a pro player this year, maybe the, the rookie of the year. I think that, uh, they have surprised a lot of people, but it's, it's defense. You know, last year they had Mobley's brother and him, uh, but their physicality, the, the rhythm, the conditioning they seem to have, uh, is just something that you can't uh, can't replicate, and and they're just a, a really interesting team. Uh, play well, play really well together. I think the last uh, top twenty five I'm going to hit on now as we start the the new year, kind of getting into conference play. We'll spend a little more time on the top twenty five once we've had a couple more conference games under our belt. Is Wisconsin? I think that uh, Johnny Davis has been awesome this year, uh, and I don't want to focus on the draft prospect, although he is jumping up draft boards as well, but really want to just uh, have people realize like how much fun it is to, to watch games. I've been doing a much better job this year, putting my phone down and watching games. I got league pass this year, been to get into, to watch at least some college games uh, and just so enjoying the games that, that I'm seeing. He's an exciting player to watch. And I think it's just fun to enjoy him in college basketball and and against the matchups he's got, not even thinking about what he's going to look like in the pros. We'll find that out soon enough. You know, a Big Ten team who has really jumped up is Michigan State, of course. It seems like a yearly storyline because they always front load their schedule with so many difficult opponents, and we end up talking about how they've, they've come on. And I wonder if it is that or if just that because they play those tough opponents, it, it galvanizes the team. Uh, we've talked uh, before to a little bit about uh, that with Jason Andreas, and I think that uh, it's worth mentioning again just the way that they come seem to come together uh, helps them to peak in March when when it's most important. There's one other thing that I kind of wanted to point out that I think is interesting. You know, the the West Coast teams uh, seem to be maybe tipping the the balance a little bit. You know, Baylor wins the championship last year. We've got Gonzaga that's looking awesome again. UCLA is number two. 21 of the past 23 national championships have been won by East Coast team, but there might be a, li- a little bit of a change that's happening here. You got again, I mentioned USC, uh, Arizona is is in there, uh, so maybe there's a little bit of a shift going on to some of those West Coast uh, teams. Going to have to stay up later and check some of those teams out. It has been hoodie week at 19.9. Uh, last week we had Dana O'Neill 
who wrote uh, an amazing book about the Big East, and a lot of there's a lot of Big East schools in there for the hoodies, specifically Seton Hall, who is kind of back in the national spotlight, has been super interesting. Also got St. John's uh, in there. Always love the stuff that they come up with with their with their old school logos. Coming up next week, we're going to have uh, Buddy from Hoosiers. It's the 35th anniversary of uh, that that movie coming out. And I was just talking to a coach today about maybe showing their team that. I think that's still, uh, you know, you can always, again, just like I was talking about, find find faults or focus on the, the, the NBA when you're watching a college game, but instead just appreciate it for what it is. You know, it came out 35 years ago. Uh, it's got some faults, but it is a fantastic sports movie. Rewatched it again and uh, just really enjoyed uh, the Chucker and and uh, Buddy uh, Buddy uh, this conversation. We're going to talk to Ian Stonebrook here in just a minute. He got an incredible opportunity to see Steph Curry's uh, break the three point record. I know it was a few weeks ago, but I think it's worth just revisiting because we move on from. Uh, exciting things too quickly now and it's worth celebrating how amazing Steph has been and what he's meant to the the game of basketball I think that uh, that uh, I heard Bill Simmons talking about with someone you know whether LeBron or Curry has had more of a impact or is more interesting uh, over the last over their their last 10 years and it's hard to say you know that's it's LeBron certainly been the most consistent player, I think, in the history of the NBA. That'd be easy. But to say that I've never seen other players like him would, uh, I think, you know, not quite be true. But Steph Curry is just kind of a, a one-of-one, and that makes him interesting in a, in a different way. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to Ian about that. Uh, also, I was excited to see the return of Clay Thompson. He looked good, had a dunk in his first game, is uh, moving around. I think it's going to be exciting to see what he brings to the to the Warriors. Although they have been been rough, been rough the last couple of weeks without uh, without Draymond. I wanted to talk about the Bulls again, of course, but uh, after getting blown out by the the Nets last night, we're going to skip that. Uh, wanted to hit just quickly on John ja Morant and the Grizzlies. I think they've been an incredible watch uh, this year and play with a, a young team arrogance that is both irritating and fun at the same time, if that, if that makes any sense. Uh, so they're definitely worth checking out. All right. I'm here with Ian Stonebrook and we've been circling this, but, uh, it's, you know, life events, uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> pandemic and the new years and holidays have gotten in the way, but we wanted to talk a little Steph Curry today because he was in the house for the, the record, um, I don't know where, where I even want to start out. Uh, just give me like uh, your, your feeling or what was it, what was it like just to be in the building? Cause I, I think that that's, it's pretty special to be able to witness something like that. I mean, I felt so good. I felt guilty, you know, <laughs> honestly, like, cause kind of the way it all shook out was I was going to New York for like, um, basically to go to a holiday party, like my first month being full-time at boardroom. And yeah. I knew I was going to catch uh, a Nets game. And when I was booking my trip, I was like, yeah, if I could get to a Nixon and Nets game, that'd be pretty <laughs> sick. Like, cause you know, as yeah. I said, at the same time too, I was kind of like planning my engagement. Yeah. Congratulations, sure by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure when I have a free weekend, I was kind of like, 
oh, I might need to do it now before Christmas. And I was like, but the Nets play Thursday night and I'm sure we'll probably be able to get to go. So I did a whole week and, you know, I was kind of, you know, through talking to Nick, like it's like, yeah, like Steph might end up breaking the record this day. So when it was still kind of in limbo, I um, I was before my playoff game where uh, we were upset by the seven seed. Uh, oh, no. Seed. <laughs> Brutal. What happened? Yeah. Pause, pause. What, what happened there? What Were you off or what happened? Well, without our star big man, it's funny. The uh, in pregame, I was pretty hot. I didn't shoot a single shot all game. I don't know why. Man. I was. Uh, I, I just uh, the previous game or the game before, I just lost the league assist title. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, it, it, was, it was an anticlimactic season. I'm sorry <laughs> to, I, you know, make this about my own sob story, but um, no, you're no, fine. I can, I can get it. I can get into it too if we need to anytime. Uh, our our hey, our day, yeah, my, our championship space loss space. in the Dale League uh, this summer, br- brutal. So, uh, in overtime, yet I was cramping up, oh, fouled out, nice. br- yeah. brutal. They, there was a delay at halftime because one of the other teams guys broke his leg. It was, Ooh, <laughs> it was, br- it was brutal. I was like, get me out of here before something worse happens. So ours wasn't quite that bad, but I, the seven seed was not who I thought they were. Yeah. And not on some like, uh, you know, Dennis Green, you know, like, quote, uh, rest in peace. But I just yeah. I, I had another team in my head because yeah. there's a lot of teams in the league. And I was like, oh, shit, like I wasn't really game planned <laughs> right, right. for like a downhill point guard, you know, like a big wing, a good three, four guy. So anyway, the first half with like three seconds left, Derek Watts is our star player, like pulls from probably about like 25 feet out. Mm-hmm. It rims in and out. Levi, the other team's point guard, gets it. Three-quarter court three off the backboard. Oh, my Makes gosh. It. So we go into this halftime. And the whole time I'm kind of – I kind of play the Jason Terry role on our team, just like keep everybody loose. High like, socks. Move the ball. Pardon me? High socks. I've gone back to the hot socks, yes. Uh, no pet yes. socks, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> and um, we end up falling behind a decent amount, make a run, down three, um, our best score. Um, dang, I'm blank. I, uh, Jake uh, gets fouled on a three-pointer, makes the first two free throws, and this is the third. Ooh. And the eight seed actually ends up winning the whole thing. Um, Man, crazy. Yeah, like totally nuts. But anyway, prior to that, I bought like a nosebleed seat to the to the Warriors Knicks game, yeah. Um, for more money than I've ever probably spent on anything for I myself. Bet. Like, you know, like as somebody who just pretty much buys sneakers for himself, it was like five hundred some bucks wow. or whatever. I guess to put it out there, crazy, yeah. And but I was like, yo, just to be in there, and honestly, like I was cool with going alone. I kind of preferred it. I was like, I just want to take it all in. Um, reporters, that's a reporter's of, mindset right there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my buddy Nick DePaula had kind of like gone ghost on me because I was like, hey, like, do you think like, you know, are you getting a ticket to what should we do? And I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to, you know, get in there. It turns out he was waiting for somebody. And all this time, you know, you hear these headlines, most expensive game in Madison Square Garden ever. Yeah. Anyway, he ends up buying a a very expensive, very good seat. (laughs) Ends up getting a free seat. Oh. Gives his seat to me, and then I give my seat to uh, the guy Kevin Denberg uh, in boardroom who brought me on. And cool. an amazing time was uh, 
even though we're in all different parts of the arena, amazing yeah. Thomas had ball. Yeah, so tell me about then the 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 moment he hits he hits this this shot. Well, I mean, what's the what's the crowd like? Because it's a away game. I mean, what's the crowd like? Yeah. What 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 was the reception like to him doing that? I mean, the crowd was nuts because you know it was cool because you have all these New Yorkers, and I mean, you, New York is such a oddly kind of like democratized place of like just even though like everybody's there's people aren't really starstruck you know what i mean like everybody's in it for the same so like you've got like spike lee alicia keys like pete davidson chris rock all these people it's like oh shit that's really them but they're all like oh it's really steph you know what i mean so um like steph's mom was two rows in front of me and everybody's kind of like doing the thing where they're they're being respectful and like sitting you know what i mean right but just kind of doing almost like the wave like half standing (laughs) up each time he touches the bar lets it go and the moment actually goes in just the place erupted it was yeah it was it was almost like a blackout moment you know what i mean like i was there but it was so uh emotion rich that it was overwhelming but it was great that's so that's so cool i think that new york is such it is really the epicenter of basketball in a lot of ways you know maybe new york and los angeles just because the fans love it so much with the bing bong and you know the the knicks have such a diehard uh crew but i think they really do appreciate basketball in the right way too so beyond just being fans of their team they really do appreciate competitors coming in there and people bring their a game to the garden too that's a that's a thing you know back to mj just bringing it at the garden well you know i'm glad you mentioned that because that was that was kind of like the uh the sway vote if you will in terms of me convincing myself to buy the ticket because i was like you know, you watch The Last Dance and, you know, you see Mike in the Garden in 98, yep. you know, in the Jordan 1s and you think it's going to be the last time. Yeah. Um, Dropping the double nickel. Like, yeah. You know, how how much would it mean to be in there? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was just like, yo, this has to like, you know, I'm never going to, you know, unless it's in the metaverse, I'm never going to see Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm never going to see Prince. Yeah. So this is the one to uh, to cough up the coin on. I'm, yeah. I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Thanks to Nick, obviously, too. Really cool. What, so what do you think, just, you know, being there, I know it's hard hard to contextualize this, but what do you think Steph's meant to the game of basketball? Because it's so bananas. Like this, a record like this usually comes near the end of a player's career, but he's nowhere near done. I mean, he might be first team all NBA this year, or if he can, you know, push it even further, maybe even like MVP of the league still. It's just kind of crazy to, to think about how far he's going to push this record. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, the impact he has on the game, like, I mean, this sounds almost sacrilegious, but, like, it it might supersede anybody ever. You know what I mean? Because when you think about, you know, I can't speak to, like, you know, Elgin Baylor, Dr. J, or even, you know, Magic and Larry, you know, who are, you know, all kind of, you know, or Koozie, Kareem, you name it, guys before, you know, my – date of birth or you know just you know age of realizing what was going on but it's like other than maybe like the turnaround fadeaway in the post you just (laughs) knew you couldn't do what michael jordan could do you know like you know anybody with any sense of reality was like this guy's just a different being and Mm -hmm. then like obviously alan iverson was super transcendent not just like culturally but like making the crossover you know just like, you know, 
breaking ankles just like the the best thing you could do from a pride or passion standpoint on a basketball court you know i mean obviously like you know jay will you know and jay kid like added sauce to passing you know mm -hmm. after magic um you know i'd even say that like Kenyon martin you know made the block shot like <laughs> you know something like kids wanted to do but with steph it's every age i mean maybe there's some exceptions maybe guys respectfully over 40 feel a little bit a different way but mm -hmm. if you're under 40 whether you're 39 or you're nine <laughs> all you want to do is shoot three pointers yeah you know like <laughs> I, i'm i'm even quite guilty of it myself and yeah. i mean it's you know as somebody who plays and as somebody who coaches you know i remember even circa 2012 13 when step is kind of coming into his nba own like get into you know the church gym early and like you know kind of like trying a yeah. like almost like you know a, what is it like to shoot from this distance yeah yeah exactly yeah. like a karaoke like sidestep three and like yeah. feeling kind of silly you know <laughs> yeah. and now it's like you know granted i'm far from jason tatum but it's like he's more comfortable doing that than catch and shoot uh, yeah you know, definitely yeah so like you know what curry has meant you know to guys our age in terms of pulling up more often and from deeper than ever and it kind of being a decent basketball decision mm. is is pretty liberating and then the flip side is you know karma comes back to you coaching kids because <laughs> that's all they want to do uh the term post entry pass uh yeah is, i had a conversation know, with one of our fifth grade coaches today and it was uh related to that just it's it's hard they want to shoot it and they see their hero shooting it and you know the nba and players like steph are always aspirational but it's it, it i think it belies and i think this is one of those things that he doesn't get enough credit for is that how hard you know he has had to work i mean he has been uh you know underestimated at every single stop and even even that even now you know he just seems like he's always kind of a little bit like can he really keep it going you know like no one questions like lebron it's like the opposite for lebron it's like oh when will he fall off maybe you know it seems like never but steph it's like the the opposite it's like can he will he do it one more you know it's always like can he do it one more time it's like yeah i'm pretty sure he can <laughs> he's got he's yeah, got I mean, it could argue that when it comes to like winning it all or being the top dog like i don't know if he's ever truly been the favorite yeah. you know because you know even in the height of all the championships it was still the warriors as a whole right you know not that it wasn't the bulls as a whole or the lakers as a whole but like it was so much more about mj or yeah. you know Kobe and Shaq as be you know kind of like if then statement you know yeah. whereas yeah, if there was a marquee and the names were up there it'd be like Steph Draymond Clay would kind of be the same size whereas Michael Jordan would be really big and then maybe Scottie Pippen and then like the rest of the guys really small below it yeah and I mean definitely you know whether it's you know data like the three-point you know shooting you know record or the percentages um or you know data in terms of like you know, Google traffic or Jersey sales. Like, yes, yeah, Steph's for sure that guy. Yeah. But you're right. Like, it's not, um, you know, I don't think he probably takes as much heat as, you know, like obviously LeBron, like LeBron's this whole narrative and, you know, yeah. the polarization around him is much different, but it's like nobody, 
I just know still nobody totally expects it or nobody <laughs> would really bet on it, which yeah. is it's crazy. It's pretty nuts. It is crazy. <laughs> 2,900, uh, you know, threes later plus threes later. It's just, it, it is wild. All right. I got two more questions for you. Uh, first one sneaker related. So I know that, uh, I don't know if you'll have this info, but I actually really like the, the Curry nines and kind of was looking on goat and trying to look for like release dates. What's going on. What's going on with them? He's, he's a potential MVP. He's got a signature sneaker. They can't be found <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, basically I think it's still, uh, issues with like, you know, COVID yeah. and, you know, factories being closed, um, you know, shipping delays, things of that nature. Um, I mean, cause by, at least by the eye test, like coaching kids more than anything, they the love eight, right? Yeah. The Curie eight. And even I'm blanking on the name of like his diffusion line. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like a, almost like a less rounded Curie eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see them everywhere. Know. You know what I mean? It was like basketball season. You need to have those out there for kids to buy because they will be requesting those. Yeah, you know, and it's cool too because, like, you know, when the Curry Eight first uh, leaked, I was kind of like, man, these look like kind of look like some yoga shoes or something, <laughs> yeah. or like Definitely. the Curry logo, like yeah. look kind of more like Danon, you know, or yeah. like Yo Play or something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> that's a little bit. And the truth of the matter is, like. It was a good design because one, I mean, I played him. It's a very good shoe. Yeah. Um, two, like it kind of had that head scratcher thing, like all good designs do. But also, right. like when you look at a lot of the most important models in basketball footwear, um, you know, even in a more you know genderless or like fluid society, they all had very effeminate characteristics, like patent leather on the Air Jordan Eleven. You know. Um, yeah. You know, even the Kobe four looking like a soccer shoe and yeah. being kind of Euro. Yeah, people were, like, were, I don't, you know, were out on Kobe's altogether. Now it's like all everyone wears. Exactly. So, I mean, I feel like Steph, you know, through the Curry 8 and Curry 9 is kind of, you know, he's kind of become the alpha, alpha in terms of defining what's cool to a new generation. And, uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding with the play. Love it. All right, last last question. Uh, give me uh, give me what you what you got going on. You mentioned mentioned boardroom. What uh, what what is that, or what can you tell us about that? And uh, just uh, anything else you got uh, in in the oven? Yeah, just uh, basically a uh, full time boardroom now. Started full time on December first. Uh, Congrats! Thank you, man. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, the team is uh, obviously it's helmed by Kevin Durant and uh, Rich Kleiman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the opportunities that they've given me there have been awesome. Uh, you know, definitely doing a lot about writing about basketball. I've done yep. some uh, some fun oral histories on like Cincinnati's Jordan Brand era, uh, cool gray 11s, things like that. But I'm also writing about things with music and the metaverse and business and uh Things that are really stretching me, so nice. it's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So where, so if we want to find the like where you're writing at, where where does where everyone go to check it out? Yeah, boardroom.tv. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely some good stuff coming. We've got a really talented team. Uh, 
If you click, if you click any uh, thumbnail on there, you'll learn something for sure. It's fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, Ian, thanks so much for coming on. We'll get, we'll get you back too. I still, uh, I'll tell you what, you gave me one of the best ideas that we've done. Uh, we've asked a lot of the NIL questions and I still want to do an, an all time NIL uh, draft at some point. Cause it's been really fun just asking the athletes like who their top five NIL at their school would be. And just talking to people more about that. It's really changed uh, college basketball. I think it's going to, I think it's going to continue looking at some of the football stuff that's coming with the transfer portal and NIL, like mm. just pairing those two things. It's going to be pretty interesting with basketball come next year with like Amani Bates and some of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. We need to get a, uh, you know, an all-star cast. Um, and yeah, get a bit, get a big round table draft. That'd be fun. I've got a, I've got a few blue chips in my back pocket. Who <laughs> I, you know, have high on my board. So, yeah, um, bet. I'm I'm down to do it. You got you not you got to take Kevin Durant now too. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously yeah. Not that KD he'd be a, is, not that uh, he'd be a bad pick at Texas there. Katie is high on the list. I'll say <laughs> probably my probably my number one uh, on my board. Uh, yeah. Also wore orange in college, so I'll just super nice. It, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well, thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, anytime, Aaron. Appreciate it. All right. Got two stories of the week to to focus on. One, I just wanted to talk a little bit about realign, realignment and just trying to keep track of the all the changes going on. And a lot of it is football related, and we're going to get to how that is going to impact the nil nil stuff as well. But I think it's interesting to keep an eye, eye on, like what's going to happen to some of these uh, conferences as, as we as we go along. So. The, the Big 12, I think, is the the first one to kind of kind of talk about because you've got uh, Baylor, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, a lot of heavy hitters in there. Um, but then you've got teams that are are leaving for the SEC uh, with Oklahoma and Texas uh, gone. And you start to wonder what the other schools uh, are thinking about and where where we'll end up and at the end of all this, like, are there going to be, uh, is there going to be a point where two of the major conferences merge to compete with the the SEC? Like does the, does the big 12 merge with the big 10, you know, to try to compete on the football field? And what does that mean for basketball? Again, just going back to Dana O'Neill's book, um, so many of those uh, rivalries and fun uh, things about the big East had to do with, knowing the schools, knowing the player, being regional, uh, the people from that, that area understand that what the schools represent. Uh, and that gets kind of baked into it. And when you spread the teams out so much, it, it does change things. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but like NIL, I think that it is worth thinking about what that will mean and what that will mean to our fandom. Uh, we had a few rivalries that were renewed. You know, the We had Josh on to talk about uh, the the Kansas uh, Missouri game being renewed, um, and my hope is that we can even if we have all these shakeups that we have uh, something interesting in there that that comes out of it, so we can k- still maintain some of that continuity through the years. I think it's also fun to ha- to hand out some mid season awards. I had uh, listen to Bill Simmons talking about the All NBA teams this year. So just thinking about what are, have been the best games, what's been the most fun this year. 
So I want to hand out a few mid-season awards here uh, for the, to finish up this segment. I think the best game I've seen is the Duke versus Gonzaga game. It felt like a, a national title game. It was just a, you know star players had a little drama with the, the the cramps that he was having, and you know Gonzaga blew out UCLA, who's now back to number two. They just look like they might have a shot at running the table. It looked awesome. And then Wendell Moore Jr., Mark Williams looked awesome in the second half and and carried them after Bonchero had an incredible first half. Uh, it was just an awesome, an awesome game to watch. I think the biggest upset, uh, maybe the best win of the season, was Alabama beating Gonzaga. Uh, you know, again, Gonzaga looking uh, like champions, but just to come into Seattle and and take out the Gonzaga not on their home court but in their home region was a pretty impressive win. I think the best moment was uh the the buzzer beater uh that I saw for Rutgers. Just that sequence versus Purdue was so incredible. He looked uh so awesome in in uh, hitting the shot before that, the, just the kind of back and forth that they had, the tightness that you could feel Purdue settle on Purdue on a on a road game in the Big Ten, super incredible game. The best single performance I saw all year was Johnny Davis's thirty points versus Houston. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, that guy is just fun fun to watch. He can fill it up. He has. Uh, just a bag of tricks Uh, as much as I love watching people hit a bunch of threes. It is fun. I've been enjoying DeMar DeRozan so much for this as well, just to watch shots, you know, guys that can just make tough shots from, from interesting spaces on the, on the court and just to, to go at another top tier team. The most disappointing team so far, I think has got to be Memphis. You know, we highlighted them a few weeks back and they have just not been able to live up to the hype. And that, and that happens, you know, young players, uh, it's just a different level, a different level of expectations. Uh, I think they've come around a little bit and there's still plenty of time in the season for them to uh, make some, something of their season, but certainly uh, have not been what I thought they could, they could be, they have a ton of talent, but just haven't been able to put it together and, at least some of that talent has not been able to make the leap to the, to the next level uh, to the extent that is needed to be uh, successful. Let's get to our NIL stories of the week. Got a few of them this week. Uh, First one, Chet Holmgren signed with tops Uh, tops. Interestingly enough, I, I read a, uh, newsletter, a, a sports business newsletter, and they they were just uh, purchased. So, we'll, we'll be interesting to see how they leverage a young player like that uh, who has a, a, a bright future ahead of him uh, before he can uh, get into the NBA and, and uh, have that even larger uh, platform for himself. He's an interesting player too because it's not always uh, even though he's a high level recruit and uh, on the top team it's i think it's interesting that uh they pick a big man because big men don't usually get the, the level of endorsements of some of the smaller players so interesting to see where it goes big name there tops making a splash there after they they were acquired next story uh had to do with mikey williams you might not have even heard of him probably because he's a high school junior. However, he's got 5.5 million social media followers. 
he's got basketball talent, uh, athletic, but I think that it is that uh, that following the the way that he's captured people's attention that is making him so intriguing for NIL. There's also a website, and I'll link it in the show notes called on3.com. And it's got an NIL top 100 rankings, which I found pretty interesting and concluded that he would be worth uh, potentially $2.6 million. That is a big number. <laughs> you know, the, the, you have to be definitely in the lottery of the NBA draft to make that kind of money uh, coming out. So the fact that he could do that in, in college would be pretty incredible. And I think that uh, he's not even the, the top player. It's, it's LeBron James son, uh, who's the, the top NIL player for that, that class. Uh, so it just gets to the point of how big some of these young athletes could be um, and how careful they need to be with that, that type of following on the line um, and that type of money on the line. Uh, so I'll link those two things, but it's, it's interesting to hear about someone who's not even in college and the the possibility of what he could deliver uh, in terms uh, of of money. The last part of this is we have the a, a preview of what's to come in college basketball. So Caleb Williams enters the transfer portal for the the Sooners. Uh, he immediately gets offered by, I think, Eastern Michigan alumni a million dollars to come there and be their quarterback. And I just, this is the, this is what I mean. I just didn't see, didn't connect these things for whatever reason. But the NIL rules coupled with the transfer portal is going to be really interesting in college basketball. We already had an unprecedented number of students, athletes transferring to different schools. But with this extra incentive, it could really shake things up even more and make it different, almost like free agency. Now, there could be some fan interest that comes from that. I, I find free agency pretty entertaining and exciting. So there's a possibility that it, it could just be really enjoyable to kind of watch unless it's my team and we're losing. I hope it doesn't go that way where we have, uh, you know, kids at the school burning, burning jerseys and, and stuff that's happened in the NBA. Cause I think that the age of these players demands that we treat them maybe a little bit differently, but then again, maybe not. Maybe if they start to make that amount of money, um, it has to come with the, the responsibility uh, and the expectations that, uh, that go along with it. But I think that his, Watching what's going on in college football will be an interesting way to preview what will happen in college basketball after the season. Won't just be the players leaving for the NBA draft. It'll be that transfer portal and the NIL money that comes along with it. We're going to end this evening talking to Shoebridge about what he's been up to and just what it what it looks like to bet uh, or if he even is in the COVID era, era with so many players in and out. Uh, certainly a fascinating time to watch games uh, and uh, if you're going to if you're going to bet it would be really <laughs> some, something else you better you better be uh, deep diving into it. Uh, but it'll be fun to fun to catch up with him as well.
How was your holidays? Did you get uh, up to the cabin a bunch and you get to eat lots of good food and, and have a good time? Yeah, Luke and I took off for uh, seven of eight days. We came back on New Year's Eve. We were only about an hour and a half away, but we went to uh, we went on a whitetail hunting trip in Illinois and uh, spent seven of eight days in a lodge with uh, wow. another buddy and his son. So nice. Rather than sitting around the home and pulling our thumbs, we decided to. Uh, the girls, they watched a bunch of movies and hung out at home, and Luke and I just got out and did a bunch of hunting. So. Live, live the wildlife, huh? Watched a lot of sports. Yeah, did you have some cable TV there at least? Yeah, we did. Good. Uh, we, we had TV there, so we'd uh, come in in the afternoons and watch the ball games, and then uh, we'd get in the evenings and watch until we uh, shut her down in the evenings. Nice. Well, what what have you been uh, what have you been seeing, or what, uh, what what games you've been watching, and what have you been tracking? It's been chaos basically since we last left off. With uh, they don't they don't even put out the lines hardly uh, minutes before the game. It feels like because you don't know who's quarantined or out, or if the game's even going to be canceled or whatever. Yeah, I get uh, my uh, my guy. I get a. Uh, Numbers from him every day, and like you say, you know, the numbers he sends me, some of them are a $50 max bet or, you know, no contest, don't know who's going to play, don't know who's out, don't even know if the game's going to, you know, they're going to have a game, like you said. Of course, the college, I don't know, real disappointed, just to be honest, real disappointed in the college uh, bowl yeah. season. Uh, not the, you know, not necessarily the last, uh, couple games there, but just so many games canceled. Uh, I don't know. Just real, just not, not as many games to watch. There's, you, know, you know, there were some great games. Yeah. There, but, but just like you said, just kind of chaos. Just looking forward to, hey, what game's on? And just, no, that's canceled. And the bar's still court. You know, I was looking forward to that, that game. And, and uh, Watching what those guys had to bring at the table, Barstool, of course, theirs got canceled. I don't know. Still play games, play good games. NFL season, but playoffs. I mean, all the way to the very end, week eighteen. Our Raiders last Sunday night, staying up till eleven fifteen. <laughs> and I did go to school Monday morning. Nice, yes. Not not so surprised. <laughs> told the bosses when I got to school Monday morning, I was taking one of the teams. <laughs> so uh, i don't know still a lot of good i mean still a lot of great stuff yeah do you think do you think they're going about it the right way because i mean i think that we flipped how how it is just kind of like put your head down grit and bear it basically you know nba's got 548 guys who've played this year that's the most in any one year in nba history and you know we're not even uh, halfway through the season and you know i don't know they're just kind of canceling or reschedule trying to reschedule games at the college level but i don't know do you I think it's it's still the right approach should they have paused or what What do you think well i mean i, I try to say i'm a pretty happy guy yeah i try to stay away from all the legal stuff but i mean yeah. i think it has i mean i think enough people have shared the fact that you know this uh you know, variant has not been as uh, as strong and as the others, and you know, 
I've, I've got quite a few brands that have gotten it, and you know that have been vaccinated and/or have already had it before. And, you know, kids. You know, they've been all right. I mean, hell, we had we started out in 2022 with the bang my son Luke, which is going to start his internship this summer, 1999. Hmm. You know, but uh, he, yeah, we had four kids stay all night. At 2:30 in the morning, we had or at 1:30 in the morning, we had call parents. We had two of them with 103 fever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, boy. You know, but they were, uh, you know, getting back in school a couple days later. So, yeah. I don't know. You know, we're on year three. Yeah. You know, I think, again, you know, the grin and bear, I think, comes into play with just the fact that it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's spreading like crazy, but it's not, it doesn't seem to obviously be as strong. So, I think, you know, just to keep the sanity, people's sanity, because I know that's, People are really struggling with that field team. Yep, you know that that is something that that uh, I was talking to Ian Stonebrook, who works for Boardroom now, but he's been on the podcast a few times, and uh, he he that's what he we were just talking about how it's just fun to just enjoy games. I've been doing a better job putting my phone down and just watching and enjoying (laughs) enjoying the games. You know, at least there's something on, and we live in a a time where if my team got canceled or the game I was going to watch got canceled, there's a bunch of other stuff on. I can just pick, yeah. an, pick another game to watch and just sit back and enjoy it. Yep. You know, okay, there was some fear that it was going to hit the college football playoffs. They got, we got through that great. Yep. Uh, you know, here we're looking at college basketball now. And, of course, there's been, you know, several several games that have been canceled. Stuff, but you don't have, we have no undefeated teams any longer, correct? Yeah, I know. I, I said <laughs> part of the part of the podcast I let off with. I said that every IU fan should be allowed to have an uh, alert on their phone that uh, immediately goes off that when the last undefeated team loses, because <laughs> right. that stat always gets brought up. Then again, 1976 was the last undefeated team in college basketball. So, yep, no undefeateds left. Oh, it's over with. Yep. <laughs> Tell you what, well, Luke and I have been talking. If Indiana finishes off the game against Wisconsin. You know, they could have. They had a big lead, and then, and then they, and they beat Penn State, which they should have beat. I they should have. Get a top ten team if they had those two wins. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Honestly, Probably. yeah. But I mean, you know that's 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 the crazy thing about college basketball because the the season's shorter and the opportunity, especially at the beginning of the year, you don't have you know we didn't have a ton of good games scheduled, so you gotta you gotta win those the the ones that that really matter. You gotta win those to make a statement, and if not, you kind of make a statement the other way, even if it not might not be true. I mean, they've got a game right. against Iowa tonight, and I think you know. That that I'll say a lot, but they got to they got to get a real road win, and then they got a big game come well, and then yeah, the Purdue game. Yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. that's gonna be a tough one. I'm not counting on that one. Not counting on it either, but you know. So, what games you got on on the the docket for the upcoming weekend? Well, we got some great games Saturday. I'll say that. Uh, you got Creighton, Creighton Xavier. Oh man, that'll be nice. Uh, that's going to be a nice game there. Uh, so I'll give you a few here. I'm going to take, you know, they haven't released the lines yet, obviously. But, yeah. you know, Creighton, obviously. I mean, I'm going to take Xavier at home. Uh, and then you got another one. You got Seton Hall at Marquette. Loving Seton Hall this year. But that, that'll I, be tough. They're ranked 20th, but I think they're, they, they're, they're, they're strong number 20. Yeah, they are. They were way up there for a minute. So like Seton Hall. And then you got Tennessee at Kentucky. 
Ooh. Uh, and that's going to be a fun game. Yep. A fun game to watch as well. So those are three games that I kind of had on my got on my schedule this weekend. And uh, those are all early games. I think, I think they're all three 11 o'clock games or close to it or something like that. So it's going to be a, Get some, get some basketball. Saturday. Get some basketball in. You got the rest of the day uh, left over. Do something else, even. I heard it. So I got one football game for. You. Okay, all right. I love it. So look, you know, we said it. Our Raiders had to win the last three games, so their last three games were basically a playoff game to yeah. get in. And of course, you know, everybody saw how that played out. Chargers, <laughs> but uh, so I listened to uh, somebody saying uh, a sports talk radio. I was listening to the other morning. I listen to it every morning. Yeah. Fox and ESPN, but if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I am. No one, okay, <laughs> no one has ever sent you a text message that says "Good luck in the playoffs." <laughs> text messaging came out. I think they said so. The last time the Bengals made the playoffs was yeah. maybe ninety-two. And text oh messaging. my god! Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. How about that? Amazing. I'll tell you what, Burrow is the real deal uh, uh, with some of these with some of these old time quarterbacks uh, hitting you know hitting the pine, Roethlisberger and the like. He's he's definitely uh, uh, if he can stay healthy, he's definitely uh, gonna gonna ascend. No, he's uh, we got our work cut out for us there. No no question about it. He's, he's been impressive and happy for the you know happy for the Bengals there. Hopefully we can come out ahead there, but it's, uh, yeah, that's just nice. They, they, they win. I'll tape. I'll tape myself doing the icky shuffle for you. Love it. I love <laughs> it. But yeah, I got to get Luke into uh, Barnett. Talk to him last night a little bit again. I got to get Luke in there. Luke's been an intern this summer with nineteen nine. Nice. So I, lo- Luke's I love it. They got the they got the new HQ down down there. He can't he can't get make sure he doesn't get lost in there. It's a, it's a whole different ball game. It is. I uh, no, I stopped in there a couple of weeks ago and. Uh, it's a, it's a nice little nice little place they got there. A lot more space and and uh, excited for them. I'm sure that won't be their last stop. So. Nope, definitely not. So like I said, I'm going to take Xavier. I'm going to take Keaton Hall. And I'm going to take Kentucky this weekend. All right, I'll be I'll have them on my docket and be watching. Thank you for listening to Hardwood History, our weekly podcast. If you liked what you heard, give us a rating and review. We're going to read some of the reviews on, on air if we get some good ones. So appreciate you guys tuning in and always, always listen. I always love the feedback that we get. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the games this weekend.